Hey everybody, welcome back. Let's go Yanks podcast. I'm your host Joe. Um, good to be back along with my brother, co-host Todd. What's up, brother? What's going on, Joe? Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Yeah, happy Mother's Day, mom, to our mom. Shout yeah. out to her and to Graham and all the other moms yep. out there. Emily, mm-hmm. stepmom. All, yep, and just all the moms out there. You know, aunts and I was almost going to say aunts and our aunts and uncles, but that was just the aunts today. Good um, start to the pot. Yeah. But yeah, happy Mother's Day to everybody. So, yes. um, all the, well, all the moms. But, um, and, uh, what's it called? But yeah, let's hop in. So we're going to start off our episode a little bit different today. Well, a little bit, uh, New York sports related, but not Yankees. So, right. The, uh, 2020. Uh, season roster came out for the Giants well for all teams but for the Giants we got the Giants roster for the upcoming season so that's exciting news um, you know to talk about since really (laughs) there's not much going on in the baseball world so we're just waiting really to see baseball so it's something to look forward to as well Um, football you know because hopefully football will be a more I think by that time it'll be things will be kind of sorted out more. So I think it'll be a, a more traditional season. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, sure. Hope um, so. So even if the fans, like, who knows what the fans situation? But I mean, right. hopefully by that time at least they can just play. But, right, right. Um, um. But yeah, so let's we'll hop in. We'll start with that. Um, right, Todd, ready to hop? Yeah. So Todd, why don't you start? Start us off. What do you got? Yeah. All right. So the Giants' schedule. Um, so they've obviously got their six games against the division opponents, um, but then they're playing the NFC West and the AFC North this year too. So they've got NFC West. You've got your Cards, your Forty Niners, yeah. Rams. Uh, I got a I got a picture of the schedule quick if you want me to just read it off and then oh, yeah, we'll dive, be good. we can dive into like the um specifics of like different aspects of it. So preseason, not that anybody really cares, but they got Jets um August. They got the Jets August in August like thirteenth to the seventeenth. Yeah, says. they haven't set those preseason. Games. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Then they got the Titans still in August. And then shout out to my roommate Brandon Watley or former roommate. He's a big Titans fan. So those are both away. And then Packers and Pats at home, um, August like 27th and September 3rd, respectively. So that's the only time we play the Pats, though, is in the preseason, unless obviously they make it to the playoffs and we do too. But um, All right. I think the Pats will not make the playoffs this year. So I agree. Um, but anyway, so moving on. So regular season, um, we got – September 14th, home opener, uh, Monday Night Football against the Steelers. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we got September 20th away in Chicago, uh, obviously against the Bears. And then back home on September 27th um, against the 49ers at home, like I said. And then away, two away games, um, L.A. um, on October 4th, uh, L.A. Chargers. 
and then or wait. Yeah, the, the Chargers. Oh, the Rams. Rams. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, I just like yeah, myself confusing. out. It's confusing. It's really the logos and the colors that the Rams and the Chargers both being LA is going to be. It's going to be an adjustment to figure out which one's which. Yeah. So we're at yeah at Rams, and then October 11th at Cowboys, October 18th at home versus the Redskins, and then Thursday night football. At um, freaking what's the Eagles uh, stadium again? Philadelphia. Yeah, but what's their stadium? I forget the name of their stadium. Oh, uh... well, whatever. October twenty second at Eagles. Yep. Um, then we got Eagles. another Monday Night Football versus Brady and the Bucks at home, um, and then. <clears throat> and then we got November 8th at Redskins, November 15th at Eagles, or at home versus the Eagles. November, And then we got a bye week, and then November 29th away versus the Bengals in Joe Burrow. Um, December 6th away versus the Seahawks. And then we have the Cardinals at home on the 13th of December, Browns at home, and Odell coming back at the 20th of December. And then away uh, versus the Ravens, the 27th of December. And then January 3rd, close out the season. We got a home game versus the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully not closing out the season, but hopefully closing right. out the regular season. But Right. Um, so let's dive in, Tato. What do you got? What do, yeah, what do you make so, of this? So I think it, it'll be interesting to see how the Giants do this year. Um, we are talking about this a little bit before, but new coach – um mm-hmm. and definitely added some players um that hopefully are going to make them a better team overall. I don't know that I'm ready to say yet that these guys are going to be a play playoff team. Um yeah. but so based on that my kind of prediction for the season is 7 and 9, maybe 8 and 8 if I'm in a good mood and I want to say we're going to beat the Cowboys at home in week 17, which I'd love to. I'm just not <laughs> sure I want it. It's more like I don't want to jinx that happening. Like, I'd love to see that happen. Um, I'd love for us to beat the Cowboys both times, but they do seem to be better than us right now, so we'll see. Um, but anyway, I'm at 7-9, and nine, maybe 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I do think we're going to have a tough opening to the season. I think we're just going to be trying to figure it out as a football team, Maybe start off a little slow. Um, so I think we're going to go 0-3 to open. Then I'm predicting a four-game win streak, weeks 8 through 12. We're going to play Tampa at home Monday night, which is going to be great. Week 8, we're going to take down Brady. Um, just really show him up again. And then take down Washington, um, Philly. Then they've got a bye week and then take down Cincy. So I think we're going to be riding high those four weeks. Okay. Um, and then, I don't know, about towards the end of the season. Ravens. They've got some tough games. Yeah, Ravens. Again, Cowboys at home, it would be great to beat them. Um, would be great to beat the Browns, too, when they play in New York. But we'll see. Okay, so, all right, I like it. It's definitely – Reasonable, and I'd be happier with a seven and nine than what were we six and ten last year? Uh, five and no, five and eleven, five, right? 11, yeah. yeah, so 
seven and nine, it's an improvement. So I would be happy with an improvement. You know what I mean? Um, now I think I'm a little bit more on the uh, positive side or I guess whatever, <laughs> but I changed, I don't know if you saw, but I changed, I was a little bit too, I was a little bit too excited. So I have a more realistic prediction now. So I'm saying Good. I think they either go nine and seven or possibly 10 and six. Okay. So nine and seven is, and I think they split with the Cowboys and Eagles. So I think they take one. I think they take, I think they take both home games against like they take both times they play at MetLife. They take versus Cowboys and Eagles. But I think that they could, if they sweep one, either the Cowboys or the Eagles, if they win, if they sweep one of them, that they'll go 10 and six. So. All right, that's my um, that's my only. So I think nine seven if they split and ten and six if they sweep, and I don't have another. Um, <laughs> I don't have if they lose them. <laughs> like I don't have another prediction. So that's my, yeah. No, we but, got that. But I'm gonna say all right. So I think that I think they start out. Um, I think they start out actually two and zero. Okay, so Steelers so, and Bears are going down. Yeah, I think the Bears are. I think the Bears like they have a. I think the Bears have a good defense or whatever, but last year their right. defense wasn't even that outstanding as it was like supposed to be. But I still think that the Giants never really had a problem putting up points last year, even with Ingram out, you know, the like Shepard out, you know what I mean, Barkley out, and not playing at his peak. Even when he was when he came back in the beginning of the season, he was, but when he came back, he, it took him a little while to get back to where he was. And I think uh, Jones was a rookie, and I they still uh, they still put up a lot of like a good amount of points, all things considered. So I think like against a team like the cow or the Bears that they don't really score a lot of points, and they didn't pick up Trubisky. I don't even know what they're doing in the quarterback position. I think that's a win for us, especially with yeah. we got we got a new coach, and I think it will be some learning. But I think that hopefully they can kind of do that in the off season. And maybe some, and in the preseason, figure out like the little kinks of working that new scheme or whatever. And then I, I think that they could very easily win those first two games. Um, I think they lose against the 49ers. I think it's, I think they lose against 49ers at home. Um, and then I think they lose against the, actually, I think they, we, they, they beat the Rams. So that puts them at three and one. Yeah. Um, I'm predicting win against the Rams too. Yeah, the Rams aren't very good. I almost said the Chargers. No, just, <laughs> the, yeah, the Rams just really have – I don't know. They've lost – they were in the Super Bowl two years ago, but they've lost a lot of guys. I think their team was like over – Over uh, achieving? Over budget or whatever. Over achieving, yeah, a little bit. But they've had to let guys go because I don't think they could afford to pay them all. So, right. anyway, they've just lost some talent on their roster, I think. Hold on. I'm here. Sorry, I'm throwing in a dip. Sorry, 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 listeners. Take your time. Um, All right, sorry, I'm back. I didn't mean to take that long. I thought you were going to continue talking, and then kind of was bad timing with the dip throwing. That's okay. I didn't have that much insight on the Rams. Sorry, I couldn't stretch it. That's all right. And then I think. Um, we lose against the Cowboys though away on the 11th of October, and so I think we're at sitting at what three and two right now. Yep, 
and I think easily Redskins at home. Yeah, I hope those are two wins for us. And um, so now we're at four and two. And now I think the October 22nd Thursday night football game is a big game for the Giants against the Eagles away. Because I think if they win this one, they go 10 and six and win the um, NFC East. Wow. With a 10 and six record. That would be huge. Sure. Now, I think the Eagles aren't going to do much this year. I think that they'll be competitive, but they're not going to. If they make the. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I think that they're going to be competitive. They're not going to go down easy, but I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I think it'll really be between the Giants and the Cowboys. Now, obviously, this is biased because probably most people would not agree with that, but I think that's what I think from my biased opinion. I think that it'll be coming down. And But the reason I think the Eagles game is big is because it's still a divisional win, and I think that if they can if they can sweep the Eagles that and just split with the Cowboys, they, can, they have a chance at winning the NFC East. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So a little bit of bias getting thrown in here, obviously. We expect it's a hey, that's all right. It's a New York so podcast. Let's say I'm going positive and I'm saying they win that Thursday night game against the Eagles away. Yep. And then I agree with you at home they show up Brady and win Monday night football. And then I think they beat the Redskins again. So now they're sitting at what? Um Are they seven five, and two then? They're seven and two. Oh my god. So now I think they go. Giants through. fans would be flipping out if they were <laughs> seven and two. So now they would be losing their minds. So I think they go through a little bit of a rough patch field in the like last half of the seat or the end of the season. But I think okay. they, they finish up strong, right? All right. So what do you got? So they beat the Redskins. All right, and then they they sweep the Eagles. So now they're at what ten and two? Nine and two. Nine and two. Right. Right. All right, so let me get, figure in some losses. So they're gonna they're gonna beat the Bengals. So they're eleven and two. Wait, no, no ten and, and two. two. So then, Jesus, they then they'd have to. All right, so I'm gonna have to look back here. Um, because that's because I feel like all right, they're gonna lose to the Seahawks. Yeah. Okay, so they're gonna lose to the Seahawks. They're gonna lose to the Cardinals, and then right. to the Browns. So that three. Four, because I think they lose to the the Ravens too, and I think they win with the Cowboys. That would put them at eleven and five. So then I think, all right, I think that could happen. But let's just say, you know, let's say they even. Hmm. The start is big for them. I think. Yeah, because the start they can win games. That's the thing. Like. I think that last, like, Seahawks, Cardinals, Brown. I mean, I think the Browns, maybe, like, they could somehow pull that out at home. But even the Cardinals, right. too, I, I honestly, but it's just obviously they're not going to go, like, 15-1 and one or, like, you know, 14-2. and two. But, I mean, I'd love if that happened, but it's obviously not realistic. But I think if they can start off strong. Yeah, I mean, that would be big, big for them, for sure. Um, they... They've had some rough starts, though. My gosh, I don't know if you remember. Remember one season? I think I was in college. It's like they 0 started and 5. like oh and yeah, oh and five or oh and six. I know. And this guy who I worked with at the time was just killing me over it. And I was, 
please, I know we're not this bad, but they st- they've had some terrible starts. But I think it's a new page, and this is like I think it's a whole new page. I think it's. I hope so. I'm excited about Joe Judge. I just like his presence. I know that's what I think. He brings a whole new attitude, right? Yeah, and I think with yeah. his like, I think the Giants did a good job in the draft. Like, I don't think a lot of people didn't rate them like doing A plus, but they rated him like. B, you know what I mean, in the draft, which I think low key they did a good job though, because I think they they got they got like they didn't draft a receiver, you know what I mean? Right. They seem to have a plan. Um, they drafted they drafted good. linemen and they drafted defensive players, right? And they're not none of them were like superstars, like top of the name, you know what I mean? I guess like Andrew Thomas was up there for linemen and. Um, Xavier McKinney was up there for like uh corner. Wait, is he a corner or safety? Safety, safety. Right. So they weren't like the top of their class, though. But I think they're all solid, and I think even some of the lower round picks have promise, you know what I mean? And like, you never know, you know, some of these guys could end up being great players, like even the lower round picks. So, but I think, like you said, they have a plan, and that's the important part, is that we're just, like, drafting random people. You know what I mean? They seem to have a right. plan. Like, they recognize that they have enough. Like, they have Darius Slayton, who worked really well with Daniel Jones. They have uh, Sterling Shepard. They have Golden Tate. They have solid enough receivers. They don't need really – like, they have Evan Ingram still, who's a solid tight end. And yeah, if they can stay, stay healthy, healthy. – right. So, and they, obviously they have Saquon. So, like, but as long as there's – and Saquon really hasn't had injury. I mean, he had that spray. High yeah, the high – but he's been pretty resilient, you know what I mean, for a running back. Too. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, obviously he hasn't had a long career, but he hasn't had any major injuries within his first couple of years, and he's always performed. Even coming back from the injury, he was a little slow, but he was still solid, and it didn't help that the Giants didn't have a great line or really good play calling for him, so – Yes, that's also true. So I think that the plan of them really drafting linemen to protect Saquon and help him run and protect Jones is going to pay off big time because I think it'll – like the receivers are solid. And and I think that obviously the defense struggled last year. Like I said, they could put up points, but they couldn't stop anybody really. They could no. stop a little bit of the run game and they couldn't really stop anything else. So I think that's why – we didn't really draft any defensive linemen because we were okay with stopping the run game last year. And I think that there weren't really, besides like Chase Young, there weren't really any great names for defensive linemen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you had Isaiah Simmons, right? But they passed up on him, obviously, to go for a lineman, which I think maybe they could have got him and still got a, a, a good offensive lineman but you never know you know what I mean and I think like you said they have a a game plan and they stuck to it so I get you got to respect that so and I, hopefully it pays off yeah yeah I hope so um yeah I mean I feel like they're moving in the right direction um so I hope this season they keep doing that um without sorry just and, quick without going back no. through the whole schedule I think they're going to go 10 and 6 um Okay. I don't know where they're going to drop another game. Maybe against the Eagles. Maybe they'll split with the Eagles and Cowboys and still go ten and six. Okay, all right, ten and six. I mean, ten and six would be great. I actually double checked. They were four and twelve last year. 
Um, okay, so, so even worse. worse than well, said. Like we were saying um, before, the 49ers were, I think, 4-12 and 12 as well. And then they, the uh, in 20, what was that, 2018? And then 2019, they were, what was their record? I don't know. But 12 and four, maybe. Right. They obviously they went to uh, the playoffs and everything. So they really turned around their seat, their, their uh, team, you know, that year or, you know, between 2018 and 2019. I think with a new coach, some new um, pieces that the Giants could potentially do the same thing. I think that it's possible, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'd love to see a good season for the Giants. So, um, excited for that. But um, I guess we should – this is a Yankees podcast. So I guess we should talk about the Yanks. <laughs> it still is, yes. But, I mean, just uh, look out, people. Maybe come uh, come uh, fall time, winter time, maybe we'll do some Giants content. We'll have to see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I'm not opposed to it. I was getting excited looking at the schedule today. Um I feel like I know more about baseball than football. Me too. Just historically it's easier for me to draw on those memories, but um I love the Giants, so we'll see. We'll have to change the name. Maybe let's go Yanks and Giants. Yeah. I mean it'd be a little little wordy, but Yeah, that would be Um we'll have to workshop the name. Um Yeah, so let's hop in then to baseball. Um Right now, we're going to cover the baby bombers, uh, baby bombers era. So, starting in 2017 was really the first year that we saw the beginning of that. So, what do you got? Right. What do you got on that? The rise of the baby bombers. Um, yeah. So, we've done all those other seasons before it, um, and now 2017. Uh, first of all the off season. So leading up to it, um, the Yanks had a pretty light off season. Um, they didn't really do a whole lot. They traded McCann to the Astros for a couple of prospects. They released Nate Evaldi, signed Matt holiday as like, I think with the idea that he'd be a DH, um, maybe he'd place him first. I don't know how much I should have looked that up. Maybe I'll try to find it. I don't know how much first he played, but, um, signed him to a year contract, signed Chapman again after they traded him to the Cubs. Then he was a free agent, and then they signed him again. So Cashman playing chess while everybody's playing, playing chess. There you go. <laughs> um, so that was cool. They re-signed Chapman. And then Teixeira was released and ended up retiring. Um, but then they signed Chris Carter, who's a first baseman who had played for the Brewers um, the past year and hit a ton of homers, like 41 homers or something like that. Um, But as we can maybe talk about more when we get into it, didn't really work out for the Yanks, Um, but they signed him as kind of a stop gap guy for first base at least. So holiday, I just looking at it quick holiday played only eight games at first to the Yankees and then 90 at DH. All right, so pretty much a D. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, thank you for getting that. Um, and then, yeah, the Yanks definitely made – so looking at their season two, I should have said this from 
the jump, but I guess um, those were their main off-season transactions. Getting into the season, though, they were 91-71 and 71 and finished second in the AL East um, and made some mid-season moves that kind of led to help bolster the roster for the playoff push, which I think they definitely did, um, especially the trade when they sent Ian Clark in, Tito Polo, which is a good name, um, Blake Rutherford, and Tyler Clippard to the White Sox for Todd Frazier, Tommy Conley, Canely. Why do I keep doing that? Canely and David Robertson. Um, Canely and Robertson were big for them in the pen, especially Robertson had like great numbers the second half of the year with the Yanks. Um, and then they traded a couple guys, Dietrich Enns and Zach Little. Um, maybe it's Littell, not sure, but um, to the Twins for Jaime Garcia. And then they traded James Caprellian, Jorge Mateo, and Dustin Fowler to the A's for Sonny Gray. Um, so those were some of their main moves for the season. Like I said, definitely tried to bolster the roster for the playoffs. Um, we'll talk a little bit about how the season ended. I'll save that for Joe so he can get all riled up. Um, so, but one thing, yeah, that was some of their transactions. Sorry, go no, ahead. So, one thing I was going to say because, like you said, they had a pretty light off season. I think that kind of we didn't really talk about it in the rebuilding era episodes. Um, yep, but they were doing a lot of. Um, like work with prospects and that's kind of what led to the baby bombers um, era so to speak so you know what I mean they weren't like we didn't see a lot of big name like they weren't you know trying to buy like the biggest you know Mike Trout and whoever you know what I'm saying they weren't like shopping around for those they 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 had a plan or Cashman had a plan and through the through those rebuilding years they were trying to at least put up decent teams but they were also you know, I think they were focused on their on their prospect pipeline. That's what really led to where we're at now. You know what I mean? In yeah, a lot of no, ways. Definitely, definitely a good point. Um, so, Joe, do you want to introduce us to some of the baby bombers who really came on this season? Yeah, so hold on one second. So, yep. some of the baby bombers who, who really uh, landed with a splash or whatever you want to say. Came to the league, yeah. made a big difference for the Yanks. Uh, so Sanchez, um, catcher Gary Sanchez, the Sanchino, the the uh, Kraken, also known as, um, but he played 122 games, batted to a 278 average, 79 runs, 33 home runs, 90 ribbies, with a 531 slugging and an 876 OPS. Yeah. Big year for Gary. That's great. Big year. Uh, was this counted as his rookie year? Or did they count 2016 as his rookie year? Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. But either way, this was his first like full season, and he really performed well. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, you know, because he struggled a little bit with injuries and stuff like that the past couple seasons, 2018 and 19. So hopefully, we could see a more 2016, 2017 Gary. Um, in the future, that would be awesome for the Yankees. He's still young, still a ton of talent. So, anyways, moving on though, Judge, 155 games, so almost the entire season. Um, 284 average, 128 runs, 52 homers, 114 ribbies, 127 walks, 
um, a 4.22 OBP, 6.27 slugging, and a 1.049 OPS. So an insane rookie year. Um, he was the rookie yep. of the year for the American League, rightly so. Crazy, crazy numbers. Um, and he hasn't really had um, those kind of numbers in 2018 or 2019, but he has had solid seasons, and he's also struggled with injury. So, Yeah. Um, some might say he should have been MVP that year, but hey. Oh, he definitely should have been MVP, but it was given to the cheater who used. I'll I'll save that till the end because I'm going to go off on the Astros. But yep, yep, we'll get down a really long path if we start. Um, and then Luis Severino, a pitcher, um, right-handed pitcher. He started 31 games, 14 and six record, 2.98 ERA, 1.04 WHIP. And 230 strikeouts and 193 innings. So also a, and I don't know if they counted this or uh, again same thing with Gary. I don't know if this was his rookie season technically or if 2016 was counted because he played some games in 2016 as well. Yeah, he made 11 starts in six, 15 and 16. Um, let's see, Sevy. 15 they counted as his rookie year. Okay, so I don't really know how they really qualify that. I'm sure there's some Yeah, 16 was Gary's. So and he he was second in votes for rookie of the year only playing like 50 games or something like that. But anyway. So yeah, but Sevy really his breakout year um and again, now he's injured uh Recovering from Tommy John, so hopefully we'll get him back and healthy soon. Really didn't play any of 2019, um, and yeah, we need him. We do. Really, uh, really need so him. At his moving on though, another baby bomber, Clint Frazier, who's had his um, had an interesting time with the Yankees. Uh, Clint, but in 2017 he played 39 games, 231 average, so a little bit lower. Four home runs and 17 ribbies, um, in only 39 games though. So he did have a pretty pretty yeah. uh, explosive bat, and we got to see some of that. And I really think this year would have would have potentially been his breakout year. He showed a lot of he was really raking in spring training, and unfortunately the season was postponed, so that sucks for him. But you know who knows what the future holds. Right. Um, yeah, no, definitely could have been. But, hey, maybe he'll get his opportunity still. We'll see. And then another pitcher, um, Jordan Montgomery, a.k.a. Monty, 29 games started, 9-7 record, 3-8-8 ERA, and 100, uh, 155.1 innings pitched. So really just a solid, you know, nothing too crazy, but a solid, a solid year. Um, yeah, started a lot and did pretty well, which was good for the Yanks. That's what they yeah, needed. So, I mean, really, I would say Sevy was their ace that year. Um, yeah. Tanaka was not good mm-hmm. in 2017. I would say Sevy was their ace. CC did well, but, you know, Monty was definitely up there. He did pretty well. And then another baby yeah. bomber who didn't do very well was um, Greg Bird. So he played 48 games, only had 190 or .19 batting average, so and not really much offense to speak of. Yeah, no, he. I mean, I don't know if he had a lot of injuries that year. I should have looked into that a little bit more, or maybe he just didn't play that much. 
because Carter was there, but um, but I th- would guess the Yanks were kind of thinking, well, we'll bring Carter on, but maybe we can get Bird going this year. Like he showed some pop when he was up, uh, was it 16, right? Um, when he came up and hit all those homers. Yeah, I think um, so. And so, yeah, I'm sure they were hoping that he would kind of start to turn into the everyday first baseman, which um, didn't, but that didn't pan out, but it did not, unfortunately. Um, and it kind of left the Yanks with a hole at first base in 2017. For sure. I think, um, you know, he had that one big home run against the Indians in was that 20, was that 2017? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think so. AL, ALDS. Yeah. So he had that one big uh, home run, but really not. Other than that, he didn't have much uh, meant much exciting news to talk about for that whole 2017 season. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. But all right. Well, why don't we move on to uh, the overall offense that year? Who performed well? Um, what do you, you want to take that? Sure. Um, yeah. So I think this was the year that really endeared Didi to the Yankees fan base. Cause he was, he was pretty awesome. Um, had just solid numbers across the board, um, in 136 games, batting 287, 73 runs, 25 homers, 87 RBIs, um, 478 slugging. 796 OPS. Um, so really a great, uh, great production at shortstop. It's a very there. solid I mean, Yeah. Yeah. Could always flash the leather too. Um, Castro and Headley were good. I mean, really across the board offensively, they had a pretty solid season. Um, even Holiday, who was 37 at the time, didn't he didn't have a great batting average, but he hit 19 home runs, 64 RBIs. Um, now, really, Judge and Sanchez were at the top there, but I mean, Didi's right there, and then Castro and Headley were equally solid. Guardy too, um, and so just gave them a pretty balanced lineup with some pretty good pop um, coming in from Judge and Sanchez. The only guy who stunk was freaking Ellsbury, um, who ended up getting replaced by Aaron Hicks after one of his DL stints. He went on the DL for something, um, and then they just put Hicks in to take over his spot. Um, And I think even at one point he came back, but Clint was kind of on a hot streak, so they started to use Clint a little bit more. At that point, so that was really the end of uh, Ellsbury. Pretty, pretty much the end of Ellsbury. Yeah, I think he did play a little bit in the playoffs, but um, this season was pretty much the end of Ellsbury. And Hicks was had a good season off the bench. I mean, batted two sixty six, fifteen homers, fifty two ribbies, um, eight forty seven OPS. He had a pretty good number of walks too, fifty one. Um, judges walk numbers were. 127 walks, which is what gave him that great one dot 
049 right. OPS. But I anyway. think a lot of that had to do with that, like, coming into the league, he was just so powerful that people didn't know how to pitch him. I think now, you know, you see that a little bit with some of his numbers that declined, right. that they figured out a little bit, pitchers that faced him figured out a little bit how to pitch to him. Um, obviously, he's still a great player. He still puts up good numbers um, when he's been healthy. Um, but he was healthy that whole year, and pitchers did not know what to do with him. So he drew. He when right. when they did pitch to him, he hit, and when they were scared, they just walked him. So that's I think a lot to do with that. Yeah, yeah, it's good, good point on that too. Um, but yeah, I mean that was really their offense was really pretty good that year. Like we said before, just a hole at first base for the most part. Um, and I don't think it was a bad move trying to bring over Chris Carter. I mean, he's kind of like reminds me now looking at 2019, kind of like Edwin Encarnacion, sort of. A um, little bit, yeah. I could see the, I could see the. Uh... Not Encarnacion's definitely a better player than Chris Carter. That's probably disrespectful to Encarnacion because um, he ha- he's had a pretty good career. Um, but just a guy who had some pop in his bat being Chris talking about Chris Carter, but never really hit for average. Um, had a, like I said before, had a good season with Milwaukee and maybe they just figured, Hey, this guy will hit some homers for us. Um, we'll figure it out with Burr right. and what's the worst that can happen. We signed him for and a I year. I think we can dive into Encarnacion in 2019, but I think the similarity yes. there too. I mean, he came on, um, pretty hot in 2019 and kind of faded off and really had a terrible playoff um, performance at the end of the season. He struggled a lot, yeah. especially in the playoffs. He struggled a lot. But anyways, we'll save that for 20, um, 2019. But guess uh, guess how many games Chris Carter played in the outfield in 2017? He played in the outfield? Yes. guess how many games? Oh, right God. field. In right field. Uh, Two games eight. in right field and one at Two, D. Okay. One at That's DH. Relief. Two games in right field. Oh, boy. <laughs> Those were probably um, pretty rough games, if I had to guess. <laughs> probably. Yeah. All right. That's fun. Um, do you want to talk about the pitching? Yeah, so we'll dive bit? into the pitching for uh, 2017. So <clears throat> we had some good pitching. Uh, Sevy, obviously, we talked about his numbers, had a great – great season Monty again had a great season CC 27 games started 14 and five with a three six nine ERA so really a great probably one of his last I would say his last really good year for CC um obviously 2018 2019 kind of I mean he's old you know he was I don't know 37 at the time something like that something like that yeah so he was pretty old that was pretty impressive for his age you know what i mean in 2017 yeah and having all his knee right. troubles he was definitely so. getting worn down by this point and he still put up a great that was probably his last great season that he had but um so that was really the the solid you know tanaka like we said had a bad year we'll get to him um but bullpen wise chad green was insane um, 1,600 innings pitched, 5-0 and record, 1.83 ERA, 103 strikeouts, 17 walks, point, That's the Chad .739 whip. And we really we did start to see that again with Chad um, the second half of 2019. We started to see that Chad again. So 
whatever happened, <laughs> I don't know. He had some struggles, but hopefully we get to see that Chad whenever we see baseball again. So, um, yeah, Adam Warren. So another guy who's now actually back on the Yankees signed to a minor league deal. Um, <laughs> perpetual so Yankee. 50, 57.1 uh, innings pitched, 2.35 ERA, 3-2 record, 15 walks, and a 8.72 whip. So pretty pretty solid numbers from Warren. Um, Batances yep. was good again. 59.2 in, uh, innings pitched, 2.87 ERA, 100 strikeouts, and 44 walks. So up there with the walks because, yeah, you know, He's, yeah. I mean, he and he's kind of known to have a little bit of struggle with control, but you see those strikeout numbers because his stuff is so like filthy that if he gets guys to bite, which is often, they'll strike out. But if you know guys are seeing it well, they'll you know he tends to walk quite a bit too. So that's where you get those numbers from. Um, but wishing Dallin good luck in in uh, over across the way in Queens. Um, and, you know, yeah. just hope the best for him. You know, it was a shame. It didn't really – I mean, it worked out for a number of years. But now that we're – the Yanks are kind of doing better now. Past few years, it's a shame that he wasn't able to be along for the ride. I mean, he was, but he wasn't able to play. <laughs> so. Right, right. He'll be back. Yeah, he'll he might be, be one of those perpetually Yankees. I don't – yeah, I don't have any insight, but maybe he'll have the boomerang effect. So another back. guy that we got uh, midseason was uh, Robertson. Dave Robertson over from the White Sox and uh, 35 innings pitch, 1.03 ERA, 51 strikeouts, yeah, yeah. 7.43 whip, 12 walks. So that was, that. those are, in, I mean, only 35 innings pitch, but that's insane numbers right there. So really right. untouchable. And then Canely and Holder were also, um, also had solid or solid out of the pen. So, yeah. I mean, and I know, whatever, we've got a great bullpen now. And in a couple of these years, we've had yeah. good bullpens. But 2017 was no different. No, they I were mean, impressive. They, they were, yeah, impressive. And they were pretty deep to Chapman, Batances. And then once they brought over Canely and Robertson, it was like, dang, guys are great. So, Kind of switching gears here to the not so good pitching. Uh, Tanaka struggled this year. Thirty games started, thirteen and twelve records. So not like a. I mean, it's about five hundred. So you really were like, you got a fifty-fifty chance when he was on the mound that game. Um, well, those are just the game, like the full. I guess because obviously he started thirty games, so he probably got pulled out of some a little bit earlier. Right. Um, but a four-seven-four ERA. 178 innings pitched, a one, two, three, nine whip. So really not not I mean, he wasn't horrendous, but he definitely wasn't it was definitely one of his worst seasons. Um almost a five ERA. So really nothing nothing to talk about. Pretty pretty bad there. Um and then Jamie Garcia was also nothing really special, nothing to talk about, didn't really help. Yeah, no, that's a kind of a little bit of a whiff, I think, um, as far as the attempted acquisition. It just didn't quite pan out. He was very average for the Yanks. Um, so, anyway, not super consequential, but didn't add a lot of value to the team. Um, so, moving – so, that's about – I mean, that kind of sums up the 
I would say the the regular season, what where they were offensively, def- or not defensively, but pitching wise. Um, and then that was a that was an exciting year though, because it was the first year where we were like competitive yeah. again, and uh, like really competitive again. And we made you know obviously we made the wild card game, which was a pretty wild game. So I'll let you what you know, <laughs> pun intended. It was a pretty wild wild card game. So I'll let you talk about that. Okay. Yeah, I remember um, we had like a test in school or something like that. Um, or no, maybe we just had a late class. I don't know. We had like an evening class. Um, and I remember being like, like just I couldn't wait to get out of there to go watch the game. Um, and I think the class maybe was over. I don't know, like half an hour after the game started or something. So as we're sitting there waiting for class to wrap up, getting these alerts on my phone, and it's like top of the first three run, twins are up three nothing or something like that. (laughs) Oh, no. I think I invited like a bunch of my classmates to go to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the game or something like that. So it's like, oh, this is off to a great start for me. All right. Um, and then I think I was on the way there by the time DD hit the home run. Um, so that was reassuring because then I knew walking in, at least we were right. tied. Um, but yeah, when Sevy came out after a third of an inning pitch, I was like, oh, God, this could be a long game. Um, but that turned out to be a great move by Girardi at the time um, because then – Robertson and Canley came in and shut the twins down. Yanks put up some more runs and ended up winning eight to four in that game. I think Gardner and judge also hit homers in that game too. Um, So anyway, turned out fine, but yeah, that was a scary beginning to that game. For sure. Um, But then obviously that, you know, they won and that was a crazy game. I remember that DD home run is still floating around on social media. Um, that was exciting. Yeah. So yeah, for real, DD is really the twin killer. That is very accurate. Um, so miss DD did luck with the Phillies. Um, I mean, yeah, but we'll talk, obviously he was, you know, around for 18 and 19. So we'll talk more about him, but, um, so then moving on to the ALDS, um, they won the Yanks won three to two after losing, dropping the first two games. So really just like a, a scare, scary yeah. um, playoffs for the Yankees. Like it was very, like they really wanted to give Yankees fans a heart attack or something. So, um, but their offense struggled. Judge was one for 20. Um, God, so, yeah. Sonny Gray, Sonny Gray started one game, gave up three runs and in three innings. Green had rough uh, two games um, and his appearances in two games gave up three yeah. runs. Tanaka had a great game, which is playoff Tanaka, which is game. So yes, game three. One the Yanks won one nothing. Tanaka pitched seven innings, shut out. So that was awesome. Playoff Tanaka is a real thing um, for sure, even in a bad yeah. year. So yeah, um, so yeah. that was that's you know that was pretty awesome, exciting. Um, exciting stuff and then heartbreaking ALCS because it was almost another exciting 
Yeah, I'm just going to let you roll. <laughs> so on this one. the Yanks lost four games to three to the Astros. Um, so almost mirroring 2019 in, in many ways, heartbreaking. Um, heartbreaking loss, really, in the ALCS both times. But stick with this one. So they lost the first two games, so it was looking rough right off the bat. And then they won the next three, though. So they were up three to two. And then they lost the final two, I believe, in Houston. The final two were, right? That makes, So they won yeah. all three at home. And they lost the final two in Houston, only tallying one run total. So, And I think the significance of that, they only, you know, because obviously Astros fans or whatever, people that are like, oh, whatever, the sign stealing thing isn't a big deal. They would love to say um, that, you know, the Yanks couldn't score any runs. So it wouldn't have mattered anyways, right? In those last two right. games. But I have something right here that will prove that prove that wrong. Ooh, so All right. Now game six and seven were not really that um what's it called? Not really that close. You know, seven to one in game six, four nothing. So really the Yanks offense couldn't didn't show up, so you can't really contribute that to the sign stealing. I mean, obviously you could say the Astros could have got shut out and the Yanks could have won game six and then the series, but you know what I mean? The Yanks really didn't show up offensively. But where I think it matters is games one and two because they were both one-run games, right? So I think that's uh-huh. huge because the Yankees obviously were not performing offensively on at uh, in Houston. But just right. I think, think about how yes. how important that may have been for them to if they had won one of those games because they won they swept them at home. So if they had pulled one of those games, game one or two, which were one run games, so who knows how they would have turned out? Because if the Astros were, which they were proven to be using the sign stealing in 2017, and I don't know, I don't know if they said it was confirmed in the playoffs or not, but why would they stop in the playoffs? You know what I mean? That wouldn't make any sense. So I'm sure they were using it. So those, who knows what would have happened. Those could have been one, nothing wins, both of them for the Yanks, or they could have at least pulled one out. You know what I mean? It's not like the, the Astros offense was going crazy. Um, So it, I really think that it's got stolen from the Yankees, a chance to appear in the world series that year, because I think that you can make that argument that game six and seven, the Yanks couldn't do anything, especially game seven, they didn't score a run, but Games one and two were close games. One, both lost two to one. Um, and I think that who knows how it would have looked if it was a fair playing field. So, And I think, I mean, look at, look at, right. at away. Look at away. The Astros only scored. They scored one run in game three, four in game six. So they had a few. But, I mean, they're a professional baseball team. So obviously they can hit the baseball. Like they can score runs. Obviously the sign stealing wasn't the only way they could hit. But mm-hmm. – you look at the differences. I mean, zero, they scored no runs game five, one run game three, and then magically at home, they score seven, four, you know what I mean? It's so, I mean, you could argue the same thing that the Yankees obviously did play better at home, but still it's just like, it's just frustrating to think what could have been if, if the sign ceiling wasn't a thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, so, anyways, but I don't want to get, I don't want to rant too much about that. Um, because I've right. done plenty of rants, and I'm sure I'll have plenty more to uh, do for the, especially for the 2019 season, definitely. Because that was 
another extremely frustrating. And then it was also fresh in my mind when the whole uh, sign stealing scandal came out. So it was fresh. The loss was fresh and then the scandal was fresh at the same time. So that was definitely frustrating. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we'll get, get there too. I appreciate the restraint on this one. Um, but that was 2017 was a good season for the Yanks. Um, I think it's when Yankees fans really started to get excited again too right. about the team. You could see where they were going. Right. I mean, things. I'm like, uh, not too like, you know, I mean, obviously if you're Yankees are not a bandwagon team, you know what I mean? Like you either hate the Yankees or you are a Yankees fan. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's definitely not one of those teams where people are like, oh, if they're doing well, we're going to hop on board because oftentimes they are doing well. So you're either a Yankee, you're either a Yankees fan or you don't like them. Generally speaking, you really don't like them if you're another from anywhere else, but New York or, you know, not a fan. So yeah. I think that though, to your point though, that it energized, it energized fans. So like, not that there were less fans, but it was not, you know, it's not a really fun or exciting to watch when your team's not doing well. Not that you won't watch and support them, but it's just not as, you know, when, when they're doing well and getting in, you know, competing in the playoffs and exciting games and really, and playing and just playing good ball, it just definitely energizes the fan base. And I think it, you know, makes for a, a better culture. So I think definitely the last couple of years, starting really with 2017 was a boost back to that kind of whatever. I don't know. Um, that level of where we were as a, as a fan base, as a franchise in like the early two thousands. So, and just got guys yeah. that we could root yeah. for, you know what I mean? Like home, home homegrown right. guys right. or guys that we brought in that were just instantly, like we kind of were endeared to them because they came and they performed and they like just embraced being a Yankee instead of like these like random players yes. that we brought in and really didn't do a whole lot. And like guys that were getting old, you know what I mean? So Right. No, I think that's well well said about them coming in and performing and people wanting to root for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's the beginning of the Baby Bombers. You start to see it evolve even more in 2018. Um, and so we'll get there on Wednesday's episode. Now, the one um, thing I'll wrap it up with with the Baby Bombers is – yeah they've struggled with injuries um, and that's who, who really, yeah, we got to yeah, up who knows days. really what that is, is, is due to, but um, that has been a, a trend though um, that it seemed to kind of uh, nerf or uh, nerf or nerf. Like decrease the, uh, the effects of the, that we've been able to have with these players that have a ton of talent. So hopefully these guys can get healthy and stay healthy um, and that we can really put out a, whenever this baseball comes, we can put out a great season um, with a healthy and good season. So we'll see. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't, that pretty much, that pretty much, there's like a raccoon over there. I'm outside right now. So (laughs) Um, anyways, there's a lot of bats out too right now. Low flying bats. Oh boy. Don't get no rabies. Yeah. Um, but what was I? Oh, out of the park baseball. Oh, Wonder yeah. We haven't Yankees talked about that at. in a little while. So, yeah, let's have let's see what the that. simulated out of the park baseball season has to say. Where are we at right now? 
All right, they're through 40 games. What do you think they're 40 games? Um, let's see. I'm going to say they are 27 and 13. Oh, so close. 28 okay, and 12. Okay, even better. I'll take it, though. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, 28 and 12. They have the best record in baseball, although the Braves are 29 and 13. Um, and the Dodgers are 27 and okay. 12. So, all right, that's pretty realistic, I would say. Um, yeah, your division leaders right now are obviously Yanks, AL Central Indians, AL West. Oakland I like A's, that. I like and that. These are ahead of the Astros, huh? Yeah, the Astros are in fourth. Um, they're 21 and 20. Oh, good. F them. Right F them. Oh, my God. I hate the freaking Astros. <laughs> there it is. You were really doing a good job holding it in, but brought it out. Um, the NL East, the Braves are in first. Um, NL Central got cards in first. NL West is done. All right. So I have a couple questions. Where so, do they have the Mets? The Mets are. 520 and 20 third place in the NL. Okay, so I would say that's pretty realistic. Um yeah. I think that's kind of like a safe zone. Yeah, and for I the think Mets. they generally kind of start to do better in the second half of the season. I think so. I yeah. gen- I I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm I'm trying to remember like I was looking at something the other day and there was I think it was saying that the Mets usually do better in the second. Yeah, it was cuz it was saying like Oh, maybe if the season started like halfway through, the Mets would start off really good because they do good in the second half, which I really don't think that's how it works. But um, yeah, the Mets, I think, do start to perform. They usually have that late, like, and they, they have had that the past few years, that late, like, August, September magic leading up to the, to the playoffs. And then they like squeak in, you know what I mean? Like in 2015, when they almost, you know, they went to the World Series and uh, the past couple of years, they've almost gotten in. Um, They've almost squeaked in, you know what I mean? Just late runs. They seem to love doing the late <laughs> playoff run and getting fans excited. So. Yeah. Right, right. Sometimes to only to let right. them down. But um, So that's interesting. Astros in fourth. Love to hear it. A's in first. I don't mind that. And the AL West. Um, where are the Nats at? Nationals reigning 2019 champs. Reigning 2019 champs are in second the place. 21 and 18, yes, behind the Braves. So not that far okay. above the Mets. Um, really. Who else? Who else uh, Phillies. Phillies are 18 and 22. So two games back. Okay, so I think, I think the NL, that's the NL East, right? Yeah, they're pretty jammed up after I think the, the NL East is probably, I would say, the most – even and like competitive division in baseball, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I... the Braves, um, Braves, Nationals, Mets, Phillies are all, and then who else? Who's the last one? Can't think. Um, oh, the Mar- Marlins. Okay, so other than the Marlins, um, I think all those teams are yeah. like they're not bad teams. None of that, like you know what I mean. Like it's not like a lot of divisions have like one really good team, two okay teams, and then two bad teams are like, you know what I'm saying? 
So I, I think that right. it's definitely um, – I think right now I would say the NL East is the most competitive division because I really think it could go any way with the Phillies, the Phillies, Nats, uh, Mets, and Braves. I think, I think it's accurate to say the Braves are honestly the best team. I think, I think the Nats overperformed yeah. a little bit. I know they have a good pitching staff and obviously some exciting players, but I do think they overperformed like – Howie Kendrick's like overperformed. He's like 80 years old. You know what I mean? Like there's some some guys and not I'm not saying anything bad. Like that's great for them, but I do think they overperformed and that happens. You know what I mean? They they had a great year, a great run, and you know, just kind of made it all the went all the way. So good for them. But I do think that they overperformed a bit. Um and I think that it could go anyway with the Mets, Phillies, and Nats. Like I could see any of them being in any place and even the Braves too I mean who knows so I mean whenever baseball comes back I'm excited to see that and especially next year when we have a full season hopefully I'm excited to see how that turns out and where baseball's at then so yeah me too I think the Phillies are kind of like becoming the Yankees light almost all of a sudden they've got Joe Girardi Didi's there now there's at least one or two other guys who've spent some time with the Yanks I think too that are on the yeah, Phillies. Yeah, I, so. honestly, I I, li- I don't like like the Phillies. Obviously, I'm not a Phillies fan, but I, I, that NL West or that NL East just kind of is exciting to me. Like, I think it's if I was like an if I was an NL East yeah. fan, it would be like obviously I'm a Yanks fan, and but I mean Yanks, especially the past couple of years. I mean, obviously this year was the or 2019 was the first year they won um, the division again, but it just they seem so dominant. You know what I mean? They always, but I think the NL East is so. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be exciting to see. Like, it's always like so close. Even last year was pretty like exciting to see what was going to turn out last year. So, right, right. And there's a lot of like, obviously, like our neighbors, so to speak, people you come across that are like obviously Mets fans, but then a lot of Braves fans you meet and Phillies fans and now the Nats too, for Bandwagon sure. Bandwagon fans, um, but. but... <laughs> But people you interact with, like, I don't think I've ever, I don't know, I know very few Diamondbacks fans. So it's hard to be like, oh, yeah, I want to see how the Diamondbacks. Right, or like the Rockies or like the Mariners, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, and maybe that's just because we live on the East Coast. So, I mean, that could. Yeah, it's hard. The proximity makes a big difference. I mean, and this may be like. And plus, you I never see That's their the, games. I never watch. Yeah, exactly. I never really watch their games. Like maybe like Dodgers games if they're playing the Yanks, but other than that, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. I don't really care to see what the West Coast is doing. Like I don't know. It's just I mean maybe that's because I'm like I said that may be like biased. But like I feel like baseball is like a bigger East Coast thing, and that may be like East Central to East. Like I feel like from like Texas over, it's a bigger thing than from Texas going west. I don't know, but I. That could be totally wrong, but I feel like there's just more. I feel like there's more like passionate fan bases on the East Coast, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I could be wrong just because I don't really come across their fans, but I feel like there's just more kind of interest in the teams on the East Coast, if that makes any sense. Sure. I'm an East Coast. Yeah, I'm a big East Coast guy, but, um, <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, I think uh, probably should wrap it up here before we go on too long. I know we could go on, but 
All right, just <laughs> talking about the coast. Um, yeah, all right, let's wrap it. All right, well, tune in um, on what's today, Sunday. So tune in. I know it's a late episode released tonight. Busy, uh, busy day, not really. But um, tune in on uh, Thursday for the 2018 Yanks and hopefully some more updates from baseball, Giants football, whatever. We'll try to bring you some updates around the New York world of sports. Um, hopefully some Yankees updates. I don't know what there could be potentially, or just some MLB league updates, but tune in 2018 Yanks season going to be covered. So yes, we'll be back then. Hope you join us. And again, happy mother's day to all the moms out there. Thanks for everything you do to keep all of us alive and healthy. Yes, sir. I second that. And, uh, all right, well, let's go Yanks. All right, brother, let's go Yanks. Oh, hit us up on Instagram. Maybe we can put something up. Uh, Let us know a memory of the 2018 season or a question you might have um, that you want us to talk about. So at let's go underscore Yanks, hit us up on Instagram. Let's go underscore Yanks. Let's go Yanks. Signing off. See you, Tato.